Hey, what's up, everybody? Today we are talking to Kat Norton, who has built her community on TikTok to over a million people talking about, nope, you're not going to guess it. It's Microsoft Excel. That's right. She's teaching Excel on TikTok and has blown up. You have to check out today how she did that and how she's built a creator business and a coaching business and a course business around her TikTok following all on today's show. Check it out. In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal branding coach. And today is another interview show with the one and only Kat Norton. If you haven't heard of her, she online is known as Miss Excel because she on TikTok teaches you how to use Microsoft Excel and now all the other Microsoft suite of products and more. And she does it while being very entertaining, one of the most entertaining ways I've ever seen someone teach a program like Microsoft Excel. She has grown her community since June, 2020. She's grown her community on Instagram to over a million people and on Instagram, both TikTok and Instagram. And she's gone viral with her Excel trick videos that have been infused with creativity, with music, with dance. Yeah, she does dancing. You don't have to, but she'll tell you how. And if you want to know a little bit more about her, you can find her website, miss-excel.com. That's E-X-C-E-L.com. Or you can look at her online, Instagram, TikTok at miss.excel at any of those platforms. Kat was recently awarded the Microsoft MVP award and has been featured in Business Insider, CNBC, and Entrepreneur Magazine as a pioneer in the Excel influencer space. She was also named one of the top influencers of 2021 by Forbes. Definitely an interview you don't wanna miss. We're diving all into not just how she gets people to watch her videos on TikTok, but how she turned that experience into courses, into a very high selling course program, multiple courses, and then coaching programs and trainings and speaking and all of those things all on today's show. And without further ado, let's get it started. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. I'm excited to welcome our guest, Kat Norton, to the show today. Kat, first and foremost, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Yeah, me too. And the reason I'm excited is we get to talk about, obviously what's very popular right now, which is short form content, but more important than that, what it's like to build a creator business, to be a creator and find your voice. And this the business behind all of that. And I, the reason I want to talk into this is we we got to see you. I got to see you speaking on stage, keynoting, social media marketing world, one of the biggest social media conferences in the US. And your energy from the stage was just fire. And your story and what you brought to TikTok, what you were able to build using the expertise you already have and your natural authenticity was, I think, infectious. You were the person I was most excited to talk about. I think the audience needs to know that. So let's get started. I want to start with this idea of authenticity for creators. So I think it comes very naturally from you. How do you think about 
being authentic? Uh, why is it important? Or just what's your mindset towards being authentic? Yeah. I mean, in terms of being authentic on social media, because most of us are obviously authentic in our current, you know, forms, right? But it's really, you know, kind of an art form to get it to come across fully and authentically on camera. Because a lot of times people on camera, like, you know, you're looking at yourself. It's it's not like you're actually talking back to someone typically when you're recording things. So having that authenticity come through while you're recording. It's really a big part of it when it comes to authenticity on social media. And for me, what's really helped me in terms of like making sure I'm coming through the camera as powerfully and as authentically as I can is working through any limiting beliefs I have and like limiting thoughts around myself. And then whenever those pop up, I go in and clear those out. So for me, for example, and this could happen, you know, across anyone making content on social media, if you're like, oh, you know, my hair doesn't look that good in this video, or, you know, there's something standing in your way, I always try to go in and kind of fix that thing. So I'm still coming across as fully and authentically, because people can subconsciously tell if you're like uncomfortable on camera or just not coming through as fully authentic. Yeah, I can imagine you you do that in every environment because when you got on that stage, you definitely had like the red outfit that you look completely comfortable in. You had the, like you came on stage dancing, like full of energy. And I was like, this is not, it's planned. Like you're like, this is how I get into who I need to be for the audience today. So it was, it, it shows and it shines. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So when we're talking about content, I want to get into the business side eventually about how you became like a content creator, because I know that's not where you started. But before that, uh, I want your thoughts on content creation, because I know that's what the people want to hear. What do you think makes people love certain types of content? What's the formula there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really how that content makes someone feel on the other side of the screen. And that's what I focus all my time, my effort, my energy on. Because if someone is feeling some type of way when they watch that content and they feel good and they learn something, like that's typically my content that performs the best. So in terms of like, what content people actually love. Typically it's making sure that it, you know, is engaging for them. So it makes them feel something, it makes them feel happy. It makes them learn something. And then I also just like to go in and make sure, you know, my energy's good on the screen. I'm coming across fully authentically to kind of help facilitate that process. And then just really creating content that helps people. And that was, you know, how my whole business began was I was really trying to figure out a way to get the Excel knowledge out of my head and into a format that can actually help people so they're not wasting time watching my content. I want to save them time on the back end after watching my content. Yeah. And I think that most people would say, well, you know, that's cool for certain subject matter and certain topics. And I'd like to put those kind of fears to rest. I mean, you're doing this talking about Excel, like Microsoft Excel, how to use the kind of, I'd say, least visually interesting program to have to present something on TikTok with. So how are you making something like Excel interesting? So for me, it really came down to combining things that I loved. So I would come across as fully and authentically as I could on camera. So I want to preface it with that because what I do in my content is I typically infuse Excel tips with dancing and music. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to dance on TikTok. But for me, like dancing is my thing. So it just kind of melded up that like, okay, Excel is my favorite thing to teach. 
dancing is one of my favorite things to do and helping people. And if I put all that in a video, let's see what happens. So essentially the format of the majority of my content is I have an Excel screen above my head and I'm dancing underneath it to a song and like pointing and keeping a video that's super engaging, but you're also learning from what's above my head. And now I've kind of branched out. I do like some talking videos. It was so funny. Like no one had heard my voice for the first like year and a half of my business. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I like posted a video of me on TikTok speaking. They were like, oh my gosh, we thought she was British the whole time. Like we didn't know she was American. It's one of those things that I just kind of started more recently branching out on content types. So my core content that like really got the business off the ground was combining two things that you normally wouldn't combine together, like Excel and dancing. And that created conversation around my content because if I just had a boring Excel screen content, you might be like, oh, I don't use that and swipe on by. But since it was something no one had ever seen before, like a girl dancing to a left function on the internet. Like no one's ever seen that type of thing, but it was so me that it, it worked. Well, I, I think you spoke to a lot of audiences. That's for sure. I think the people that are like, I can't do this, but I'm watching, you know, like they're consuming, yeah, yeah, consuming. Yeah. There was something for the rest of us there too. I mean, anyone in a corporate job was like, even if I already know the Excel function, which a lot of them, I don't know. Like a lot of those things you're showing are still like slightly advanced tips. Uh, but they're super helpful. And then you're just like, even if I don't, if I'm not going to use this Excel thing, the dancing and the energy, it's just funny and fun to watch. And however you take it, you know, like, I don't think a lot of people are doing it to copy your dance moves. They're just brought into the energy and the vibe. And you're like, where's this going to go? Like, what's going to happen yeah. next here? You know? <laughs> uh, so you definitely can create that. I think that that could be a specific personality trait, but do you think anyone can be creative in that way? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is just finding what lights up in each individual person. So we all have different hobbies. We all have different skill sets. So it's a matter of just kind of uncovering ourselves and figuring out what actually lights us up that gets us to that spot where we are energetically aligned, where we're showing up as our full self. Because I would also argue that everyone is a creative person, but they have just not used the muscle as much potentially if they feel like they're not a creative person. Because for me, I can tell you right now, it takes me about a solid three hours to get into a creative flow state where when I was in corporate, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, let's do a 30 minute block on your calendar for a brainstorming session, right? And like you're supposed to drop in and think of all these ideas where then, you know, after becoming an entrepreneur, I started reverse engineering how I kept getting into these creative flow states and thinking of viral video ideas and started studying the brain and like how the mind actually works between, you know, the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. And that really opened up a lot of doors for me where I was like, okay, wait, you know, if we're in a creative flow state, we're tapped into the right side of the mind, the creative side, the side in the now, what if I structure my day? So in that day, I'm just doing right brained activities, like getting out in nature, you know, going for a walk, meditating yoga. And then I sit down to make the ideas and let's see if I can just jump right into the flow state versus trying to get into a flow state after you're like on a bunch of phone calls, send out a bunch of emails, and you're doing all these left brain analytical activities. So I would argue too that it's just not really taught quite often, like how to get into creative flow states. So a lot of people just kind of default, like I'm not creative, but chances are you may have not been just given the opportunities or built the opportunities to give yourself that space for the creativity to come through. Because again, it takes me about three hours to get into that flow state. And I was just kind of going through life, not realizing that. Yeah. I, I think what's interesting is 
I think what you opened my eyes to was that you don't have to necessarily find a perfect alignment between the creative and the the thing that you're teaching. Like the dancing doesn't exactly connect with the Excel teaching. Like they don't, And if you talk to me like, no, those don't go together. So I'm like, there's all of us have these talents or creative outlets we have or hobbies or whatever. And if you're a teacher as well, and you're saying, I already teach people this thing, being able to figure out what do I put in the video that's interesting, that's for my daily life. I think you've opened up a whole new genre that people who don't think things go along can go along. Because I can imagine someone like fishing, just sitting there in the fishing boat, like not saying anything, just filming their fishing, like could pop up if they happen to be the person that is like, oh, I'm the guru about productivity. They could pop up their productivity tips on the screen or someone playing volleyball or jogging or playing with their kids even like, there's just an environment that you're creating that's kind of sucks you in. It keeps you interested. It's like a, a screensaver while you're giving the the interesting tips. I think there's it's going to give, I hope, a lot of listeners today a, way, a completely different way to think about how they can show up in places that demand you to be more creative to get people's attention. 100%. So- you just, I think, stumbled onto this. I don't think you were there like, you know, saying, you know what, how am I going to crack the TikTok algorithm, <laughs> you know, but tell us a little bit about how this did come to you. Like what were you were doing? I think it's your story is so interesting. I'd love people to understand how you went from where you were in like a nine to five corporate job to becoming someone that trains and entertains leveraging social media. Yeah. So before this, I was working at a global consulting firm doing securitization reviews for banks, which is as fun as it sounds, especially as a creative being over here. And on the side of my day job, I was also teaching Microsoft Excel internally for the company. So I had started off and people started asking me their Excel questions and I was kind of keeping tabs on what people at the company were asking. And then I built out an Excel training and they started flying me around the US hosting these Excel trainings for the company. So I did that for about four and a half years. And then with the start of the pandemic, I found myself back in my childhood bedroom of my parents' house. I was 27 years old trying to figure out what I actually want to do with my life because I was like, this ain't it right now, but I don't know what it is. And at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to work on myself and try to uncover what I actually like to do. Because I remember at one point, like years before that, I was like crying to my boyfriend, like, I don't know what my hobbies are. I was like, I don't know what I actually love to do. Like, I just, I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I watch a show, eat dinner, go to bed. Like, I was just like, what what are my hobbies? Like, what do I actually like? And I really went down this self-discovery journey, trying to figure myself out. I'm like, I'm going to figure out how I work, how my brain works, and then anything I don't like, I'm going to go in and clear out and work on and reprogram because I grew up overall with just a pretty severe anxiety disorder and hated having any attention on me. I could not give a presentation to save my life, especially in like middle school and stuff. I'd be like bright red shaking. I was high school. I was always trying to get out of presentations, which is like now very full circle that I got up on a stage and gave a keynote. And it's one of those things though, where I was like, all right, I'm not just taking myself at face value right now. I'm going to fix what I want to fix. And so for a couple months, I went in just really working on myself. This is like March, April. And I'll never forget, I came out of my childhood bedroom to my mom in like April. I didn't start Miss Excel till June. I come out and I'm like, mom, I'm going to be rich and famous soon. So I need you to prepare your nervous system for that. And she's just dying laughing. She's like, Kathleen, go clean your room, you know? Uh, but I was like, mom, like something big's about to happen. 
And then fast forward to June 2020, I'm on the phone with my best friend, Anna, and she we're like kind of spitballing different ideas, side hustles I could do with my Excel skills. And she goes, what if you put the Excel tips on TikTok? And I was like, TikTok, you know, I'm 27. I have a corporate job. Like I'm I'm not making a TikTok. I'm going to go like read a book, you know, like I was just like not into it. I didn't even have the app on my phone. But after she said it, I could not shake this idea because when she said it, I literally saw me dancing with the screen above my head with an Excel screen. I have no video editing background. I'm like, I don't know how one would get an Excel screen over their head. Do I need a green screen? I don't know how that works, right? And I couldn't shake this idea though for like 48 hours. And it was a Friday afternoon. My schedule magically clears. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a test video because I saw this video, that Drake song, Z slide, left foot up, right foot slide to the left and the right function in Excel. And I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to make this happen. And so I did a test video and was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. So I made my secret TikTok account, miss.excel. And only told my mother and my boyfriend what I was doing. None of my friends, obviously no one at work. Like I was like, all right, if this thing flops, nobody's going to know. And so I started posting one video a day. And by the fourth video, it reaches 100,000 views. And it starts getting pushed to all these people I know. I have all these people texting me. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then by the sixth video, the CEO of an IT company reaches out and is like, hey, I love your teaching style. I'm looking to create a library of G Suite training videos for students, parents, and teachers, because this is when all the schools were going digital with the pandemic and they had contracts with a bunch of schools. And at this point, I'm like, well, clearly I'm a Microsoft gal, but I can learn these other products and maybe make another side business. So I formed an LLC. I bought a green screen. I bought a ring light and I would work my day job. I had like a 40 hour consulting job. And then after that, I would film videos after work, sell them back to this guy. And at the same time, I kept making Miss Excel videos every day. Cause at this point I'm like, it's helping a lot of people, you know, it's starting to gain a little traction here. And within about three weeks, I had my first TikTok video go viral. And next thing you know, I looked down, the video had 3.7 million views and I had a hundred thousand followers, like pretty much within a couple of days. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Because if you saw my personal social media accounts, you'd be like, this girl is not the influencer type. Like, I really did not know what I was doing out there. And I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So I'm like, all right, you know, best create an Instagram account as well to hedge my risk. Because this is when everything was going down the news, TikTok getting banned, all that. So I make an Instagram and I proceed to go viral on TikTok and Instagram pretty much like every month, every other month for the next few months. And I grow a following of a few hundred thousand people across the platforms. And at that point, it's October 2020. I got no product, no mailing list, nothing. So let's let's pause right there because I think because th- I we definitely want to jump into the business side of this. But yeah, what a story! I mean, just the idea in your head that I teach this thing. And I have this creative idea that I'm just going to try and see where it goes. At that point in time, did you have any sense of, oh, I'm going to make a business out of this? Or was just like, like what was your, in going through your mind when you posted that first video on TikTok? The first video was like, I just kind of want to see what happens. Because I actually, I realized when I was making the video, I was getting so much fulfillment creatively. 
out of making this. And then all these people started commenting and like saying it helped them. So then I was getting all this fulfillment from it helping people. So at that point, I'm like, let's make this thing. I didn't even like really think about courses. Like I had, I had an MBA, but like they didn't teach us stuff like that, you know, like how to make like an online social media business, you know? So at that point, like I, I didn't really understand, like you need the mailing list, the link tree, like all the bits and pieces. Um, so at that point, I was just kind of having fun. Had you seen TikTok video? You said you didn't have a TikTok account or something, or maybe not an official one. Had you seen, have you watched TikTok videos or at least maybe reels? So before that, I had not, I didn't even have the account on my phone. So I had seen like on the news or if like a sure. friend showed me a video, um, but I had never had one. And before I made the account, I opened up TikTok and I looked around and was like, is anyone teaching Excel on here? And I spent an hour looking, could not find anyone. And I was like, okay. Do they just not like Excel on TikTok? Like, is it the wrong market? I don't know. Or did no one think of this? And that's yeah. where I was like, okay, because in the like the Excel space, it was really just the YouTubers. There's huge names in like the YouTube community for Excel. And um that that there wasn't really anything going on though on like TikTok and like the short form video content, like on the vertical side. So then I started kind of bringing that out. Now there's so many of us, there's like 40 of us, Microsoft built a community around us. It's awesome. But it really, when I first started doing it, it wasn't a thing. And that's still not a lot. I mean, 40 is not a lot. I and mean, we have, there's so much content you could be putting out and so many people that are looking for, you know, all kinds of information. I think what I wanted, the reason I wanted to pause is because I think there are people that are going to benefit from thinking about if you just scroll TikTok for a little bit, I mean, don't go fully down the rabbit hole, but look at the styles of creation because it's not just dancing anymore. There's all kinds of stuff and there's lots of ways to get inspired to say, can I use this type of creative style? Because dancing was already happening on TikTok. You didn't invent that, right? Can I take this creative style? Like right now there's people that do a lot of the, I'm going to read something in front of a green screen newspaper clipping in the background and describe what it says in the newspaper headline or whatever. There's lots of different, I'm like, if you could look at all of these different styles of creation and apply your genius to this environment, the, the world's your oyster, right? There's, there's yeah. ways to entertain and educate at the same time. And I think we're just scratching the surface. And I think you're like, a great, very kind of easy to understand example of what any coach, consultant, trainer, anyone who has knowledge to share or an experience to share can can learn from. So anyway, I, I think it's inspiring. I wanted the, the people to like stop and think about that creative process that you were going through. Absolutely. Before we get into the business side, I'd like to ask you about in terms of like the mistakes to avoid when creating content, because I think you could talk talk about the good, but I'm sure you've learned some lessons that people can maybe skip across. Uh, so what were some mistakes you would say you could avoid when creating content if you know about them in advance? Yeah. I mean, one thing is that I 100% remember learning was with the omnipresence approach, when you are going and and searching for what songs you may want to use. If you were doing some kind of trend or if you're lip, lip syncing or if you're dancing, I always search for the trending song on the platform that has the most restrictions on the music. And what I mean by that is, for example, this is how it played out for me when I was first starting. So at the time, TikTok would give you like a 30 second window to choose your click from. 
Instagram would give you the whole song to choose your clip from. If I started doing my creative process and pulling from Instagram songs, I might pull something from the front of the song, film it, and then go to post it on TikTok too, and that clip isn't there. So that was something that I learned early on. I was like, okay, I I need to, you know, start on the app that has the strongest music restrictions. Also something cool that I started doing now is I started making content more like in the correct shapes for different platforms. For example, with Twitter, I started doing, I still do video content on Twitter, but I do more of square posts versus the verticals. I know when you're like scrolling the feed, they won't get cut off as much. So I started filming on a camera further away and then my editors are able to now like cut it in multiple ways. There's like little things you kind of learn as you go on. It really depends on the style though that you're doing and like what type of content you're making, like on how the tweaks, but just know those like first couple months, like there's mistakes and you just kind of roll through. Like I look back at my original content. I'm like, Ooh, compared to what I make now, we have learned a lot. (laughs) But you didn't have to be where you are now to succeed back then. That's what's I think beautiful about this. And we're not talking about 10 years ago. Like this is pretty really relatively recently in our lives here that this content became popular. So it was the creative process. It was the content itself and the form that you created it in that drove it home. It wasn't because of the format or the square or the rectangle or whatever it was. It was you and your ideas combined with how you were looking to help people. And I I think that a lot of people can learn from. I do want to talk about the business side because you've built a really interesting business because you didn't start with an idea. You didn't say, you know what I'm going to do is build this amazing training program. You said, I have things I want to teach. So talk about how it went from you, you mentioned you got someone who requested you to do some trainings for them. What happened after that that turned this into an actual business? Yeah. So now we're back in like October of 2020, the few hundred thousand followers across the platforms, zero product, zero mailing list. A business coach had reached out to me in my DMs and was like, hey, like, notice you got a big following over there and no products. And I'm like, oh, touche. You know, I guess people do that out here, right? And so I did the basics, right? I got like, I had like MailChimp at the time. I did the link tree. You know, I set up a little automation with the freebie and started growing a mailing list. Because at that point, I was kind of learning the value of a mailing list. And then the obvious next step seemed to be to build an Excel course, like a full 12-hour long Excel course, like broken into cool mini lessons, still really fun, cool, and creative, and still very me, but something where someone could sit down and get from start to end. And people have been asking for it. I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to do this thing. So I started selling my first Excel course. I took two weeks off from my day job. I'm still at my day job at this point. I take two weeks off, was on vacation in my living room. And I filmed in those two weeks, my first hundred video Excel course, filmed everything myself, mapped it out, video edited every video. Cause I got good after doing a lot of social media content. I'm like, we're just going to do it on these and really infuse that with my creative processes too on the editing side. And then I started selling the courses in November of 2020. And then by January of 2021, so two months later, the passive income that was being just brought in from these courses selling, they were all evergreen on demand, like make them once and they're done. So those, the evergreen income from that was actually bringing in more each month than my day job was. And this Excel took me like 10 hours a week and my day job took me like 40 hours a week. So at that point I was like, I got to rethink my priorities. 
So I, in January of 2021, quit my consulting job and became a full-time entrepreneur. And then from there, I built out nine more courses and scaled it into a multi-million dollar business after that. And it was just kind of a matter of creating more volume. I kept growing the audience. I started posting on all the platforms. I started doing webinars, like online free Excel classes where I pitch at the end. And that was like something that really moved the needle for us. And then I hired a team because I was doing the whole thing myself, even down to like customer service for 15,000 students. So I ended up hiring a team. We got a small but mighty team. And uh, yeah, the business just grew pretty effortlessly from there. It was just a matter of kind of getting the right things in order. Wow. So let's talk about the those like what you built. So if and if any of you want to see this in real life, because you're just really curious, you can just go to Miss excel.com with a dash in between. So miss-excel.com or go to your, your social media handles at miss.excel and look at your link in bio to find that. The courses themselves, you started with the, was it the Excel course that was first, the accelerator course, yes. as you call it? What was it like building that? You said you had only, you did it in two weeks. Yes. Tell us like what went into that and like how you structured it in a way that felt authentic to you. Yeah. So this was actually like my creative baby. It was so much fun to make. And so I basically, I got the course creation process down after that one to one week per course, because a way that you learn how to do that is when you're selling courses before they're done. I'm still trying not to create in six months. And you're talking about, you went from two weeks to one week. Let's, let's pump the brakes here. Like, 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 Listen, <laughs> it was born out of necessity, but my method works. So basically I was going on these webinars and I was selling a complete suite, which was all the Microsoft Office products. So PowerPoint, Word, Outlook, OneNote, Teams, Excel. And I had only built the Excel ones though at the time, but I knew those ones were going to sell. And a lot of times people do this for proof of concept. You know, you put it in pre-sale and you get the sales first, then you build it out. So I put it in pre-sale and it like sold off the shelves and so many people bought it and they were like, okay, like I want my course. And I was like, oh my gosh, all right, I'm gonna build out another eight. So I just was like rinse and repeat. I got the process down really tight. I'd spend the first day mapping out the course. So I would map out everything I want to teach. And like Brent, I've been using these products for years. So that part came pretty easily, right? And so I would like outline it in a way that like actually really made sense though. And then I would sit with that outline and I would infuse it with creativity. So I'm like, how can I make every single one of these lessons actually really cool? Like, am I taking you out in the desert for a hiking boot example? Am I, you know, like I, I'm teaching functions. I'll do wheel of functions, like wheel of fortune, like get a green screen, build that out. Like I was just like trying to think of like all the out of the box things I could do to actually get someone to pay attention. Cause if you're not going to pay attention, you're not going to learn. Right. So I did that for the course. That'll be day one. Then day two and three would be my filming days. So hair, makeup, do the setup. And there were roughly about 12 hour courses each. And I would break those into five to 10 minute little mini lessons on each topic. So at the end, the courses become this ongoing reference guide that's really clearly labeled. So if you need a VLOOKUP, you click the VLOOKUP button, you get a lesson on how it works. So I would spend, you know, six hours each of those days filming based on the sheets or whatever, like variables I built out the day before. So I'd have like the outline and then like, you know, the worksheet I'd walk through or whatever. And so I do two, two hour filming days, give or take sometimes a little more. And then, um, those next three days I edit. So that was the most time consuming for me. It's like hair in a bun, sit down, don't move. And I literally sat 
for three days, just like going in, editing everything, making sure it all looks really good. And then on the last day, I would launch and post and make the course go live. And then I'd start up again the next day. And I just kind of wailed through those because I had already sold so many and I didn't want people waiting. So I did that for my whole Microsoft Office suite. Wow. I think that's insane productivity from someone who's built courses. I think what it means is that you put just what they what they're needed to be for them to really get what they needed out of the course into it. What tool were you using to build the course? What was your hosting platform for courses? Yeah, so I used Thinkific to host. It was super easy to like click, drag, build my website, upload everything. I've since had developers for my current website VC. I had developers actually build me one on top of Thinkific. So I had this vision of like things moving and you know exactly what I wanted to look like. So about a year and a half later, I had a team go in and build that out for me. But my original site was just on Thinkific, click and drag. I was still making all the sales. Yeah. And so you built landing pages too from that. Did you use those their Thinkific landing page builder as well? Yeah, that's what I was using. Yep. For all that stuff, I use all Thinkific, their landing pages, everything. It makes it super easy if you don't have any background like building a website, and which I did not. And then eventually, though, I had this vision of what I wanted it to be with some like added like coding and stuff was needed. So I hired Course Studio, which is an amazing company that works on top of Thinkific, especially. Amazing. And then there's usually emails that go along with this. Did you sit there and write out a se- email sequences with a certain CRM? And, and how did that go? Yeah. So I use Flowdesk now because I got in at beta stage for $20 a month, no matter how big my mailing list is. So that has been a huge money saver um, compared to other platforms, which charge me like thousands a month based on the size of my list. So yeah, I use Flowdesk. It's awesome. Super easy to use. And um, I do that for like my freebie sequence. I do that for my webinar signup sequence. Um, And then any like course emails send from directly within Thinkific. So like when someone signs up, you know, automatically sends them their welcome email. I still remember the day I like set up that automation. It was the best feeling because when I first made the course, the Excel one, I was like manually sending each person's welcome email every time I got a sale. And I was like, all right, there's got to be a better way to do this. The reason I'm asking these questions is because I think it, it helps people to understand how to build these things. That you did it in two weeks is phenomenal, considering that there's all these elements. It's not just record 10 videos or whatever it is. There's yeah, yeah. the editing and the setting up and the pushing out to the different platforms and the connecting them. The flow for people to find you, I think this is how my mind works. I hope other people find this interesting. So you start with your social media platform. They find you in a video or something like that. Uh, it might have changed now, but maybe at the beginning. That pushes to LinkedIn bio. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then from LinkedIn bio, what do they see? What do they find first? So LinkedIn bio would normally, like when I was first starting out and first selling it, they would get my top 31 functions PDF guide. So they would get the guide and then that would start the five email sequence. I did the um, click funnels model, like the Russell Brunson one, where you do those five emails. And then on the last, like, I think the fourth, you announce the offer and the fifth is the last like call email. And then were those direct sell emails or was that to a webinar? Those were direct sales. So I did that before. I didn't start doing webinars until April of 2021. And that's when I took the business. It wasn't even at six figures at that time. Yeah. And then after that, we scaled it from six to seven pretty quickly. But I think it's good for people to know, like when you're starting, you don't need what you see the people who are, you know, five years ahead of you having, you know, you can, if your social media is kicking, you're like, I should sell something now because I have some kind of following a link and you don't need, you don't even need a website. You could have a link Mm -hmm. in bio to your PDF to you, for your example, that sends them an email from your email provider. 
And if you can build a course out, that's a Thinkific course. That's all technically without a website. You can you can do all of those things uh-huh. to get you started. Something I want to say too, in case anyone is getting blocked by the fact that they don't have professional camera or professional setup. That's something I get from people a lot. They're like, well, I need to hire like a videographer, this, this. I filmed all of my courses on an iPhone. I have over 17,000 students. I've never gotten one comment about video quality ever in the history of all my courses. 17,000 students, everything filmed on iPhone. You have the technology in your pocket, you know, like, and that's a big thing where like a lot of people like would get caught up and like, I need it to, you know, look like this. Like the phone quality that we have now is actually insane. And I literally would use this as my microphone too. Never got one comment about quality in any of my courses. And that allowed me to just get things, take messy action, get things off the ground quickly, get proof of concept. If you want to go back and refilm things later, you always can, you know, but just getting that first level off the ground, don't let that be a roadblock for you. I love that. So we, let's say we have, we have a, a model for what your starting kind of structure was when you went from content creator to, you know, adding training business to it. When you said, I, I need, I see some things here that I can change to scale this up because I'm ready to to go, yeah. you know, to a bigger audience and a bigger kind of sales group. What was the things that you started to add first to that? A team helped me a lot. That was the first like hardest thing for me to do too, because I'm such a like energizer bunny with my business. I love every part of it. I was like, uh, uh, like, but then I was spending like three hours a day doing customer service emails and I answer any Excel, Excel question my customers have anything they got. And I spent a lot of time like thought putting into that. And I was like, okay, I need like a clone of myself. I was like, I just need another set of hands. And so I ended up hiring a few different people. This was last year. Yeah. A lot of them just hit their one year anniversary. So it was like early last year. I hired, my first hire was a graphic designer, my Jean. She lives in the Philippines. She is amazing. And she was helping me make like the cover images for my content. And that was my first hire because I was like, okay, I'm spending a lot of time in Canva making these and she could do a much better job. Then second, I hired Tika, who is my amazing. She is my customer service, but also everything specialist. She's like my right hand and she helps me like manage my emails, my inbox. Because at that point, the business had gotten a ton of press. I was in like 50 global news outlets all over Forbes, Business Insider, Entrepreneur Magazine, like everywhere and all these different leads started pouring in. And at that point too, I, the corporate side of the business. So I also do live 60 minute Excel classes for a ton of different fortune 500 companies. I've even done these at Microsoft. And then I also do bulk course sales for these companies too. At that point I had like 700 leads or something ridiculous. And I did not have time to go after them. But my boyfriend was the number one ranked sales rep in North America at Enterprise, the like car rental company. And I was like, yo, <laughs> what if we work together on this thing? So I ended up bringing on him and I'm like, here's the lead list. And he was like, oh my gosh, like all these people had reached out because my whole business pretty much has been inbound leads. So it was just a matter of like, I didn't have time to like go back and forth on all these deals because I was doing everything else. So we brought on Mike, he has been crushing it. Um, And then I brought on recently to a video editor and a social media manager. Those are my two more recent ones to help me with like actually making the screen recordings and then editing the videos because I was spending like an hour for every 15 second TikTok I make. And I was like, all right. I should probably, you know, outsource that, even though it's part of my creative process, but they do such a good job, even better than what I would have done. And they're really good at like capturing my vision in my head and like getting it out. Wow. Yeah. I think it's great to see the pieces start to get added. 
I can imagine there was some overwhelm when this started to come in at some point. How did you deal with the quickness that this business was growing? So for me, whenever I want the business to grow and want to make sure I manage it, I work on me and not the business. So I spent a lot of time working on myself to get myself to a place where my nervous system could hold everything coming in. And it's interesting. I can kind of tell like as the business grows and I know I'm reaching that point, like weird things start happening. Like my aisle start twitching. Like, for example, I went viral on like, I think it was uh, November of 2022 or 2021. I forget. It was one of the, it was like end of year. And yeah, I think it was end of 2021. And I went viral, like millions and millions of views, so many people reaching out. It was huge. And I could feel it in my nervous system. I'm like, I feel people talking about me right now. And I was just getting inundated with so many leads. And so it was all amazing, right? But like my eyes started twitching. I was like getting a little panic attacky. I was like, what's going on? So I spent a lot of time working on me and like finding modalities that work. I live in Sedona, Arizona, which is like the most woo-woo place in the world, <laughs> live out in the Red Rocks. So I'm like, all right. And it's actually an energy vortex. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out in nature. I was doing like biofield tuning sessions, which has been one of the most amazing things for me and like clearing my energy field. I do a lot of meditation. I go on a lot of meditation retreats. I'm going on another one this weekend out in Joshua Tree. And those things like reset my energy and kind of up-level it. So I, my energetic field is bigger so I can hold bigger stuff. And I kind of like watch what happens. Like the business he, hits a point. My eyes start twitching. Weird stuff gets glitchy. I'm like, all right, we're going back in. And then I clear some stuff out, work on myself. And then it kind of fills up again. And I kind of just keep repeating that process. And we actually just hit another one of those now. So I'm going on a retreat uh, tomorrow. Amazing. Yeah. So I think there's so many lessons in here today. We've, we talked all about the creative side, all about the business building side. If you could give just a couple of starting pointers to someone who says, you know what, I think I'm willing to take a risk here. What would you, what would you tell someone just starting out? Take the risk. So when you have that thought drop in and you're like, you know what, I, I feel like right now, like I'm going to do something, take that energy and make one move at least in the direction of what you're trying to create. Like that is when you got to capitalize on those feelings. And I'm like in this right now with you, like I've been building out a totally new product, actually an entirely new brand under Mystic Cell 2 that I've been like cultivating around mindset and teaching a lot of stuff we've been talking about here and AI as well. And this is one of those things where like I, when I got the, the hit of like, oh my gosh, I really want to teach this. I ran with it. I like hopped on the phone. I'm figuring out the platforms, I'm lining up my team. I'm like, do, like take that energy when it drops in and just make the moves. Cause you might, you know, then be like, oh, that was a cool idea. And then like watch four episodes of Netflix and you're like, all right, I'm over it. No, <laughs> we want to capitalize on that energy when it hits. So that's one thing that I do. Second thing is releasing any perfectionism around the product. So like I talked about with the iPhone, like going in and just filming that content, making it just taking messy action and knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect. And you can always refilm later. Like there's no like, one time forever. Like I'm always refilming and adding things into my courses and doing cool things, you know, like that people love that when you're like updating and adding new things. Um, so just don't be afraid or like letting those stand your way. And if you find that there are blocks standing in your way, this is what I do with a lot of people. So a lot of my friends have since quit their jobs. I always say, if you hang out with me too much, you quit your job too. And so like, I'm hanging out with my friends and all of a sudden they'd be like, well, I can't do it because this or this. And I'm like, write these things down and let's 
crush each of them. You know, it's like, oh, I don't have a camera. You don't need the fancy camera. Oh, you know, my day job might see, you know, you could get permission from your day job or post on a platform under, you know, your alias where they're not going to see and get proof of concept, quit the job, you know, like going in and kind of like working through any limiting beliefs and like, just know when it pops up, you can clear that there's nothing you can't clear. So if you like, you are limitless. Like that was something I, I learned actually back in 2019 that the only like real limits we have are the ones we put on ourselves. Back in 2019, I went on a surf and yoga retreat in Morocco. I'm deadly afraid of the ocean. I would never go in the ocean. I got tumbled when I was really little, never went back again, wouldn't go in past my knees. And I think it's a good idea to go do a kundalini yoga and surfing retreat in Morocco, which I had never been to. And I literally was surfing every single day. I had to get on the board with our team there, jump in the water, and I surfed and was like, oh my gosh, I would have gone my whole life being afraid of the ocean, telling myself, you're scared, you can't surf. And then I just ripped that thought away, jumped on the board, jumped in the ocean, and I loved it. And like, they were actually like yelling at me because I was smiling the whole time and I kept falling while smiling and like drinking all the ocean water. But like, it, it was one of those things where like, I would have stood in my own way my whole life on that. So just keep that story in the back of your head. If there's something popping up, no, like, it's just a limit our subconscious mind is placing on ourselves to keep us playing small, to keep us safe because it likes playing the program it knows. And once you kind of realize that and kind of go against the grain there and go against the, you know what, like it likes playing this program, me playing small, I'm going to pick a new one. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to take a leap. I'm going to take a move in the right direction and see what happens. Call that person, do that thing, right? Doing that is what really catapulted my business. Because for me, posting myself dancing on the internet to a left function was not something that came naturally to me at all. And I will say that, like, I, if you would have seen me in middle school, I spent every day crying in the guidance office because I was so uncomfortable in my own skin and so uncomfortable with myself. So it, it is one of those things that we can work through. If you find blocks, just know, like, there are so many tools at our disposal right now to kind of clear that stuff out. I love it. I love it. I think that's, that's a lot for people to take in today. I think I'm excited to see where you take this, especially as you dive into, you know, how do I take this creative energy and the balance and all the the life lessons and, and turn those into the next iteration of where this is going to go. It's exciting to, to watch and see uh, what's next for you. The uh, I think the, the group, everyone listening is probably going to get a lot out of this today. So first and foremost, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. And for all of y'all listening, make sure to check out Miss.Excel online on your favorite platforms, Instagram, TikTok. Yet, even if you're not into Excel, it's worth watching to get those creative juices flowing. Take a plunge into creative entrepreneurship and uh, build that next version of yourself. Thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters. Head over to BrandsOnBrands.com for resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit BrandsOnBrands.com.